0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad
1: Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at
2: milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now, it's time to drop some knowledge. Regardless, welcome in, everybody. It is the holy smokes freaking Mile High Huddle podcast, because Michaela, literally as we're going live, just like decimated the chat with a... Wow. thermonuclear super chat. Golly, that is so generous, Michaela. Love you. Appreciate you. Thank you. You Michaela. know how much uh, that means wow. to us right off the cuff, Zach. How how do you how do you react to such displays of generosity and love? It's it's not the first. It's like the thousand times she's been this
1: generous and, and been this supportive. And still, every time I'm, I'm tongue tied, I'm speechless. Thank you so, so much, Michaela. Words don't describe how we both feel and how grateful we are for you. Thank you.
2: You're so awesome. She says, I'm, I'm not sure what's going on with our offense. It's our offense. Uh, it's our offensive line just missing blocking assignments. Or is Russ not sure what he's looking at? And is he not shifting his protection? Maybe it's a bit of both. Makes it look like we can block a wet paper bag. Thoughts from an uneducated football fan. LOL. Much love. Right back at you. Michaela, we're going to answer that. we got to take care of a quick matter of business. And on the other side of that matter of business, we are going to deep dive in fully answering your question because there's a lot to unpack actually in terms of getting to the bottom of that. But again, hats off. All right. Look at this. This bald dome is telling you right now. Love you. Thank you Look at that shiny marble. Look at it. Chad's shiny marble. Shout out. I don't know where that guy went, but, um, so hold that thought just for a second, uh, Michaela, because we, uh, actually Zach, let's talk about it first. Let's, 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 I don't want to make her wait when she's throwing down like that real quick. So, what say you? Is it the offensive line? Is it Russ? What's what's causing this? It's everything. It's the head coach not
1: calling plays that are conducive to Russell Wilson's success. It's like he's trying to copy and paste the Green Bay offense into the Broncos scheme, and he's expecting Russ to perform like A-Rod when they're two different quarterbacks entirely. It's also the offensive line. They're a swinging gate out there. They've been terrible all year, and they lost the one guy – that was actually performing at a decent level in Garrett Bowles. And it's also, you know, admittedly on Russell Wilson for being blind and missing Greg Dulcich on a button hook or missing K.J. Hamler wide open in the end zone. I mean, it's everyone is responsible for the downfall of the Denver offense. Much like last year, Michaela, you were around, obviously, with Pat Shermer and whatever quarterback was under center. It was a bunch of different things adding up to one big issue.
2: I think it is a chicken or the egg kind of proposition here, but – You know, you guys have heard me talk about this quite a few times over the last couple of weeks, but I've spent more time this season, Zach, going through some of the top film guys on YouTube. Not because I don't enjoy that content. I do. It's just that I don't always have time to sit down and watch that stuff because we are so busy. But with what's going on with Russ, I'm like, I got to figure out what a Hall of Famer, for example, like Kurt Warner has to say about the, the issue at hand here. And everyone, including Troy Aikman, who called the game the other night, is going to point to the deficiency, Zach, on the O-line and the inability to consistently keep a pocket. But at the end of the day, the, I think the, you know, you go chicken, is it egg? I think it is chicken, and the chicken, Zach, is Russell Wilson. Something about his vision, something about whatever he's going through. It's almost like the, It's almost like something off the field, Zach, is distracting him. I don't know. Who knows what that could be? I don't even want to speculate, but it's almost like, you know, some people uh, he talks about the neutral mindset and all that. I don't mean to stammer here, but some people, uh, in fact, most people, when it comes to work, if they have things going on at home, if their personal lives are not in order there, are I mean, the person who can still execute their job uh, perfectly is the exception to the, to the rule as someone who's hired and managed Uh, grown men and women for the majority of my adult life. I can tell you most people, they can't, if there's something going on in their personal life, it affects their day job. It affects what they're doing for a career. It affects their day to day grind. Zach is professionals. And there's something about his blindness here. I mean, how do you miss, I mean, it looks like he's actually staring at Dulcich for that third and one uh, on Monday night. And you, you don't even like throw it anywhere near him. You just, how do you miss that? It's because he's not himself. And I think, Personally, there's something off the field that is attributed to that.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely correct when it seems like something off the field, mentally, psychologically is off with Russ, but you and I have both gone through things in our private lives and we still got on the podcast or wrote articles, Chad, and we're not getting paid $250 million to do that job. So Russell Wilson, it's there's a fine line between feeling bad for him and still expecting more and criticizing him for not delivering on more. I don't know what it is. I think at first he was overthinking because Hackett was overcompensating and trying to justify the massive contract, justify the massive trade, but he's not performing like a quarterback that has any sort of fire left in his bones. If that's even an expression, he's acting like a quarterback that's at the end of the line. He's on the 18th hole right now and is more concerned with filming Subway ads, Chad, and his Danger Rust sandwiches than winning football games. I don't know what happened, but something's definitely off.
2: Lots more to discuss on this, but first, guys, listen, this is true. Just the other day, I get a phone call from my bank They're saying, hey, did you use your credit card at this store for X amount? And I said, no, that wasn't me. Turned out an internet thief had stolen my card number and my bank took care of me, thank goodness. But the best uh, cure is prevention. Let's face it. Now, that's why we're using NordVPN moving forward here, both personally, all right, Zach and myself, and as a company, MHH, it's NordVPN, desktop, uh, tablet, laptop, phone, VPN stands for. Virtual Private Network and NordVPN protects you as a one-stop shop for all things cybersecurity. It's incredibly easy for me to use, which means, hey, you don't need a degree from MIT to make it work for you. With just one click, I'm protected. Very intuitive to use. With my NordVPN account, I can have up to six devices protected. That's just on one account. And I no longer have to worry about the hackers, the malicious sites the pop-ups, et cetera, for the price of a cup of coffee, all right, per month. I have complete peace of mind, Zach, knowing that my devices, my data, protected. Yeah. Listen
1: up Broncos country, grab your exclusive Nord VPN deal by going to NordVPN.com slash MHH to get a huge discount off your Nord VPN plan plus four months for free. It's completely risk-free with Nord's 30 day money back guarantee. Again, that's NordVPN.com slash MHH to get four months free
2: links in the description guys. I, for the bang for the buck. I mean, you don't realize what that does for you. Again, it's, the, the best cure is prevention, all right? Um, Zach, a few more things I want to get to here. A lot of – I see a few super chats waiting in the wings, but we, I want to talk about the trade rumors with Albert bunam and any other trade rumors attached to the Broncos. But first, Zach, I got to get your take on what Nathaniel Hackett had to say about Melvin Gordon uh, just the other day. Chris says, hey, guys, I wanted to see more Latavius Murray. What's your reaction with Melvin starting? We're getting into that right now. Appreciate that," he says. Zach and Chad still be the best in the business. Chris, you're a prince. Scott, Roll. he's
0: done in this. Uh, yes, sir. Of course, we did. It was it was a great talk. Uh, love Melvin. Uh, have so much respect for him as a pro for all he's done in this uh, in this league. And uh, yeah, we'll keep all that stuff private in there.
3: Will Melvin Gordon start on Sunday, or did Latavius Murray do enough to, to get the start?
0: No, Melvin will start. Uh, Nate, uh...
2: Nominal. It's a nominal thing, Zach don't ask me why they care enough to even like think about in name only type of uh honorifics here zach but you follow what they do not what they say when it comes to gm and coach speaking the league dude they're obviously trending toward latavius latavius might not be the explosive guy he was back in the day but as an inside runner i trust him to hold on to the ball and pick up the yards
0: that are there
1: Let me address Melvin Gordon first, and I want to uh, tack on to Hackett in a second here. Melvin literally spent the entire game pouting like a little toddler on the sideline, and he shook his head when Murray had a good play. That's not a good teammate, first of all. Same guy, by the way, who would only practice in the offseason if he wouldn't get fined for the mandatory minicamp. And then in the locker room, NFL Network asked him, you know, where you asked about the benching, and he was looking all sullen, like, you know, feel bad for me. He pretended not to know why he was benched. How about four fumbles in four games, Melvin? Mm -hmm. The Broncos have given this running back more chances than any other player I've seen. But My issue really isn't with him. He can only, you know, take the job if it's offered to him. I don't complain about wanting to start. This was such a weak, spineless, lily-livered move on the part of Nathaniel Hackett. Tell me how that works. Where a player pouts, he doesn't support his teammates, and then he speaks out about his public laundry. Hackett vows to have a talk with Melvin Gordon, and then he announces he's the week seven starter. It's the same thing as a little child throwing a tantrum, and then immediately giving into that child instead of holding your ground, Chad. This is why Hackett, I think, has lost the locker room because people like that who are so indecisive, they cow too often, they get walked on in reality. It's way too beta, and I want some alpha for my head coach. What does this say to the rest of the locker room? You want to get what you want from Hackett? Well, just look miserable for 60 minutes on the sideline, then you'll get what you want. This, I think, was the final straw that lost me on Hackett. I have more to say about it, but that's the, uh, that's the bottom line.
2: Well said. That's a classic Kelberman rant. James, appreciate that super chat, big dog. Getting it in early, he says. Uh, and by the way, James Moss, you've been with us a long time, my dog. We love you. We miss you when you're not with us. I hope you know this. He says, teams take after their head coaches. Hackett is not sure what he wants to do, and the offense is just as confused unsure of himself in over his head. That equals not head coaching material yet. Give him the year. Let's be positive. You got nothing to lose at this stage, James. And this, this goes for everybody in Broncos country. When last I talked to you Monday night, I was like probably the most low apathetic I've ever been as an analyst on this podcast. I was just like fit to be tied. I right? didn't know whether to, you know what, or go blind. But my posture now is simply this. What do we have to lose? What do I have to lose? What does anyone have to lose by hoping for the best by trying to stay positive, nothing, nothing. Cause you're already expecting the worst. It's not that you're expecting the best. It's expect the worst, hope for the best, expect the worst, et cetera. So I agree with you, James, give him the year. He's going to get the year. He will get the year. Hopefully he turns it around. But Zach, I agree with you that the, 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 the basis here is that his whole, love him up. Uh, hey, let's be bros, you know, did you, did you catch uh, you know House of the Dragon last night? Stuff, all right? I want to be your best friend. My, my name's Nathaniel Hackett. If you're not winning, man, things start going off the rails. Like, that was a perfect example, Zach, of a player who needed to be made an example of. And he didn't. Hackett missed the opportunity. He's going to start him. It's, it's, it's not that big of a deal, but it's just a small little – it's just a small little uh what emblem of what's really going on here as far as, you know, there's there's no adults really left in the room as far as the coaching's concerned.
1: Hackett was ready to move on from Melvin before Javante went down and then uh, William's injury kind of afforded Gordon a second life. Then he was ready to move on again on Monday night when he benched him, but then Melvin made a big scene about it. And you're right with what you said. That's what I've grown to really resent about Hackett. He wants to be liked by everyone. He wants to be everybody's friend. He's supposed to be the leader of men, but yet he's taking his cues from everyone else. Those types of people like I said tend to get walked on in real life walked all over and it happened with Melvin Gordon if this was Bill Belichick he would have executed him on the field chat after four fumbles let alone cut him but yet he gets chance after chance why because Melvin was sad he didn't get to face his former team he's putting one disgruntled player who has literally cost the Broncos games over the best interest of the entire team Latavius Murray is a fine replacement for RB1 duties in the wake of Williams' injury. Mike Boone, fine. Call up a Zigbo from the practice squad, but why go to such great lengths to placate, of all people, Melvin Gordon? It makes no sense to me, and I lost all respect for Hackey when he did that.
2: Quick segue, and by the way, Dave, love you, big dog. Appreciate you. You the man. It's great to see you in the chat. I want to bring everyone's attention to this lovely new MHH trucker hat. All right, It's up at the merch store right now, huddleuppod.com. Go get yours. Look at that price for a hat. I mean, I told you we fixed our, our pricing matrix and it's coming out on the wash. You're not going to find a quality hat anywhere for under 25 bucks. But look, 15 bucks right now on the MHH store. So just drawing your attention to that. I want to also, Zach, do uh, an update. Let everyone know who the winner of the uh, the September Super Chat Superstar and Star Drawings were. Plus update October. and. But first, let's grab Andrew Lampy. He says... I'm done piling on Russ. He is the QB of the team that I support, and right or wrong, he is the guy. I still feel the best days are ahead. Hey, I, I love a little shine, a little a little ray of sunshine. It reminds me of that Bart Star. Who knows if it's really Bart Star, Zach, but it's on uh, memes all over the place, and I'll paraphrase it. It's something to the effect of it's easy to be a fan of a team when everything's going good and you're winning, but the true test is, do you still support your team through the hard times, et cetera, et cetera? And this is from a man who did a lot of winning in Green Bay.
1: I'm uh, way more supportive of Russell Wilson than I am Nathaniel Hackett. I, I still think Russ is not the problem. I think the coaching or lack thereof, same same as last year, is the bigger problem here. And if we can get first quarter Russ on a consistent basis, like we saw against the Chargers, the Broncos will be fine. It's what happens after that, that the Broncos become small and they go into a shell and they start tripping over their you-know-what, as you like to say, Chad.
2: Yeah, it's uh, it's a thing. Guys, real quick, before we get much further, I know uh, we've been neglecting this, so I want to give you an update. Here is how September finished up for the Super Chat Superstars. All right, EJ finished at the top, and surprise, surprise, he had more tickets in the hat. He ended up winning giveaway for the month of September. So EJ, I'll shoot you an email, and, and there's a few options for you in terms of what you could get. I'll shoot you an email and cover that. The Duchess at number two for September, all right? Gregory Vandeland at three, Naj at four, and Ethan, a.k.a. the DWI guys at five. But look at some of the names just outside. Garth, Sam Bam, Coach Chris. But what about October, all right? Here's how things are shaking up now. 20 days into the month of October, the Duchess, number one. All right, she's at the very tippity top, followed by one of our favorite guys all time, Najal Taf. You, you need a shot of life, you go find Najal Taf. He'll uh, he'll get you up to speed. EJ's at number three. Ethan, DWI, at four. And proud Pharisee, Zach, this cat's kind of relatively new to us, and he's in the top five. Aaron Lynch, legend. Garth Knight, fide now, super chat superstar. Jonathan Figueroa, Sam Bam, silent one. Barney, Coach Chris, Zeus, d Wero Malachi, I mean, look at some of these names. So there's your update on where things stand on YouTube for the month of October. EJ, congrats on winning in September, and we will be sending you an email to see what you want, Big Dog. Plumb Bob, jumping in, super chat. I don't have high hopes for this game, guys. Zach, we're going to get to some head-to-heads and kind of look at the Jets here in a few more minutes, but what's your early kind of feel on this thing?
1: I mean, I don't have much confidence in the Broncos right now. And uh, quite frankly, they don't give us a reason to believe in them. Three straight losses, and they're, it seems like they're regressing in certain areas. And the injuries are becoming too much to overcome, I think. Um, the Jets are surprising. They're really hot right now, so the Broncos are catching them at a bad time. Their defensive front, I'm terrified of. Quinn and Williams, for example, could be a wrecking ball against this Broncos O-line. You put them... Over Lloyd Cushionberry, I can just shudder to imagine how fast Cushionberry will get knocked to the turf by the pure strength of Quinn and Williams. Robert Salah does a great job with that defense. I'm not too scared of their offense over there in New York, but that defense against the Broncos O-line and a struggling offense with Russell Wilson, that gives me definite pause.
2: Yeah, um, I'll, I'll, I'll give you some more of my thoughts when we get to the head-to-heads, and we'll talk about some keys to victory as well. Uh, But I don't disagree with anything Zach just said. uh, Ben says, sign a tackle on Facebook, by the way. Thank you, Ben. Sign a tackle. Put Graham Glasgow at center. Put Natani Muti at left guard. Billy Turner at right tackle. Overhaul the line setup. New strength and conditioning coaches, he also says. We lead the league in IR salary. Yeah, it's brutal, dude. It's brutal. Every single game. And I get it, Zach. Football is a violent game. It comes at a cost. The attrition of the season. Every team has to face it on some level or another, but you're losing like a best player every week. Now this week was somewhat of an exception, but it depends on how you want to qualify that because you lose Aaron Patrick for the season done with an ACL sack and you go, Oh, well, he's like a fifth guy, sixth guy on the depth chart outside linebacker. Oh really? Or is he like the, who the, the coaches view as the best special teams player? So it's a key guy. Is he going to help you on defense? Not really. Is he going to help you on offense? Nope. But he was a key third phase guy. If you lose key guys, Zach, my point here, on a week in, a week out basis, and this is on the heels of how many years in a row of the injury plague, the injury bug just owning this team. I don't blame fans for saying, hey, time for a new strength coach. Phil, appreciate you, big dog. He says, I don't understand why Gordon is still here. MHH for life. Go Broncos. We feel you.
1: It was a red flag when uh, Nathaniel Hackett was asked a few months ago about Gordon. He said, well, he has a nice smile. Like, are you serious? Who cares about that? He's a fumbler. He's always been a fumbler. And his 3.7 yards per carry really going to help the Broncos, right, Uh, Nate? Nate? Uh, About Aaron Patrick, I feel terrible for him, considering how he tore his ACL, Chad. He was um, running full speed on the sideline. There was a stupid media person there. I don't know why there's so many people crowding the sideline, why they don't have more room, but he was trying not to run him over and planted on a strip of carpet and tore his knee in a matter of a second. So, tough break for Aaron Patrick. To the previous point about a tackle, though, who are you going to sign? Are you bringing back Bobby Massey? Are you luring Jared Valdir out of retirement? This is the problem with not addressing the position in the draft. You have to rely on the has-beens and the washed-up 35-, 37-year-olds that just won't cut it. So they're stuck with who they have right now, unfortunately.
2: Dude, have you ever seen that picture of Jared Valdir that's like nightmarishly – he's so crazily yoked, dude, that it's like almost comical – I'll see if I can find it in between the next time I talk because it's it's it'll give you a nice little chuckle. Um, okay, let me let me hop through the chat real quick here, make sure we're not leaving anybody out uh, in the cold, and then we'll do some uh, head to heads. Andrew, oh no, we got to talk about the trades. Then we'll do head to head. Andrew Baker, love you, big dog. He says, "What's up, fam? I'm trying to see the good. If the ball bounces our way, we'd be at least foreign and two. But hey, MHH for life. That's right." at least we're all here together going through it as one. All right. We all, have, we have someone, we have a community, Zach, with, with whom to uh, commiserate. Uh, Aiden or Adon, sorry, says, uh, Hey, Broncos country, honestly, as much as this season has gone backwards, I'm just hoping everyone keeps their head up and supports our Broncos. That's a good message too. And thank you, Adam, for that super chat.
1: I mean, I feel like if we got through the Paxton Lynch years, the Brock Osweiler years, Case Keenum, Joe Flacco, we can get through the uh, Russell Wilson year and uh, potential
3: years ahead.
1: Hopefully the coaching will pick up, and if not, they'll find a coach that better suits Russell Wilson's
2: needs. <laughs> Sean Payton. It is not – yeah, it's years ahead. I mean, they're, the Broncos are stuck with this dude for a few years, guys. So, um, yeah, Big Earn, great to see you, my friend. Always in the chat, and we appreciate you being with us and adding what you do to the conversation every single Night. Okay, Zach, what's the rumor about Albert Okawebuna? No, you had an article up. I'll pull it up while you're breaking things down, but clue everybody in here.
1: Basically, uh ESPN's Jeremy Fowler reported a couple days ago that the Broncos are getting uh calls about their tight end depth their entire room, with Alberto drawing obviously the most interest because he's a six-five, four or five guy who can catch the ball sometimes. So uh not surprising that. Uh, They're putting him on the block. He was a healthy scratch on Monday night, by the way. And some of us thought that was a little ominous, but yeah, they're getting calls on him. And it was echoed by Aaron Wilson of formerly of pro football network that there's a trade scenarios, plural for Broncos tight end, Albert Okoibinam. Wilson said the situation is fluid. The NFL trade deadlines, November 1st. I think the Broncos could flip him even for a conditional sixth or seventh round pick. I would take it at this point.
2: Yeah. If, if, if the coaching staff look at it like this, everyone had high hopes, Zach, for Alberto, including yours truly. I Same. distinctly recall myself writing an article saying, here's why Albert o is a breakout candidate, 2022, publish. Uh, but if he's so important, why is he a healthy scratch? And if you listen to what uh, was said by Nathaniel Hackett of that decision, it was all about, hey, we finally got uh, – we finally got Greg Dulcich back, and he meant more to us than Alberto. So they're erring on the side of the guy who the coaches drafted for the scheme. Albert O just hasn't showed the development and the steps forward in a lot of ways, but mainly in blocking. And they've got two guys who can block behind uh, Greg Dulcich. So D- Dulcich is going to be their pass-catching kind of playmaker guy. You got the Eric's. Sobert and Tomlinson, you don't need Albert Okawibana. So if you can get a seventh-round pick for him, you take it. You might be able to get something a little sweeter than a seventh, but you take it. Big T, great to see you, bro. I wouldn't be surprised if a team from the
1: NFC North comes calling, maybe the Packers uh, to pair him with Robert Tunyon or the Vikings – George Payton's old team. They have Irv Smith, I think, as their starter. But Alberto, in the right system, with the right quarterback, given the right opportunity, I still think he can make something of himself. But, yeah, basically Hackett said that we like Dulcich more. And you know what? To Dulcich credit, in his NFL debut, his Broncos debut, two catches, he made them both, by the way, one of which was contested, and he scored a touchdown. So this, I'd rather the Broncos get their third-round rookie tight end on the field. He's the future. Alberto isn't. If you can flip him for anything, I would do it.
2: Um, Big T says, yes, it's been dreadful when we had promise, but fans need to be supportive and not be ugly. Yeah, yeah, I feel that on a general level. I agree with you, Big T. George Fox, good to see you. Thank you, buddy. says, even though we are not a good team as we are, we're still Denver Broncos for life. Hashtag MHH for life. Thanks, guys. You do help us with your views. Glad to hear that, my friend. And you help us too. trust. You guys help us just as much so. It's uh, symbiotic, right? We do appreciate you guys. Um, it's probably old news, but not, I'm just scrolling through here, Scott, seeing the uh, seeing the spammer there, that dirty, rotten scoundrel. All right, what have you heard, Zach, about Christian McCaffrey related to the Broncos? <laughs>
1: I mean, it's been a few weeks. Um, The Broncos were tentatively, according to reports, I don't know how much credence there is to be put in that, but uh, they were sniffing around McCaffrey apparently, but I'd rather the Broncos sniff around a left tackle or a center or a left guard before I would go for a running back. Obviously, if they're keeping Melvin Gordon around as a starter, they have Murray, who looked pretty admirable in his first start after two weeks with the team. You have Mike Boone, you have Zigbo. I would be shocked, literally shocked. If Mac came to Denver, I'm hearing the Niners right now are in the lead for his services, which would be a great fit in that Shanahan
2: system. By the way, I can't find that valdir picture that I was uh, teasing earlier. I don't know where it happened, wh- where it went, what happened to it, but uh, it used to be a meme. And because it's so ridiculous how yoked this dude was six foot, eight, 300 something odd pounds, but it was like all muscle. He was a freak of nature is out of the league now, but, uh, and like most of his O line brethren slimmed down since, since he, uh, left the league. But Zach, are you really all that into the idea? Like what if the Broncos could put a deal together to get Christian McCaffrey here, which how in on that would you be? I would hate that with what capital
1: are you using to acquire him? You're taking on a big contract for an injury prone player. I know the Broncos love their damaged goods, but why a running back Chad? You don't need one. You have Javante coming back next year. You have three guys right now who can fill the void in the meantime. And I'm going to tell you something. If this coaching staff can ruin Russell Wilson what are they going to do with Christian McCaffrey? Is it going to matter if he has no running room? If the offensive line can't block, doesn't matter if you have Walter Payton in his prime back there. So I would hate, hate that deal if it was made.
2: And then he would probably show up and just get hurt the first game exactly. as a Bronco. And then you're really, I mean, that's just, you can't, uh, you can't pin your hopes of a season on a running back who himself, Zach, if you're a, if you're a snake bitten team when it comes to the injury bug, don't go moving mountains to acquire a running back that has a great story and is tied to your city, grew up in to a running back, Zach, who has really bad recent track history of staying on the field. Like you're a really tempting fate.
1: It just makes zero sense to me. Even if the Broncos were contenders right now with a winning record, I wouldn't say go for it because you don't need a running back. You need a line. That would be nice. Or how about an inside linebacker? How about another cornerback so you don't watch Damari Mathis pick up four uh, uh, defensive pass interference fouls per game? So, no, I would love for McCaffrey to go to the Niners, but I've also heard the Bills, and no one wants to hear it, the Chiefs in the mix for his services. That would be pretty pretty deadly.
2: I'm trying to see how this bottom thing goes away. You know, that's kind of shading on the bottom of the head-to-head. Let me try something real quick. Let me see if this makes a difference. 15.2 15.2 points per game. How sad is that? All right, guys, you're just going to have to bear with us on this. Well, actually, yeah, just bear with us on this. Um, okay, let's go through our head-to-heads. As you probably know by now, green signifies a top-10 statistical ranking as a team. Red equals bottom 10, and if it's black, it's right in between. So your Denver Broncos sit at 2-4. and four. The Jets, inexplicably, Zach, are at 4-2. and two. Um Let's figure out – let's see if we can divine why that is. All right, they're plus one in the turnover uh, differential. They're middle of the pack in time of possession. And the Broncos, by the way, Zach, they plummeted from green in time of possession to middle of the pack by virtue of their Monday night uh, letdown. But let's look at this. Offensively, I mean, really all the Jets have going for them in terms of statistical markers here is their scoring points. All right, they're a top-10 scoring offense because right here, guess what they're doing when they get inside the twenty. They're punching it in 63.2% of the time, which ranks them eighth in the league. Zach, they are uh 17th in yards per game. They are 18th in rushing, 13th in passing, been picked off five times. They've lost four fumbles, and yet they're plus one. Okay. We'll get to why that is more here in a minute, what that defense is doing. But we'll we'll talk about the Broncos here in a second, Zach. But what jumps out to you about these Jets?
1: They're middle of the pack, but like you said, when they get into the red zone, they punch the ball in, and I wouldn't be surprised if that 18th ranking for rushing jumps to 10 or 9 soon. Brees Hall. The rookie running back is on an absolute tear right now. And that offensive line, there are a bunch of maulers with Dwayne Brown, uh, Vera Tucker. They move people off the ball, unlike the Broncos O-line. So say what you want about them. It helps to have a good running game and a good offensive line because even when you have Zach Wilson, it hides a lot of your flaws.
2: I'm going to do it like this, and hopefully here's what I'll do. This, this way, hopefully, you guys can see it a little bit better just while we're breaking this down. All right. Um, okay, Zach. Broncos offense, middle of the road on yards per game. Uh, dead last. Look how sad this is, dude. They're bad in all the important categories. Look at this 15.2 points per game. And you paid quarter billion to Russ. You threw a ton of money at Hackett. You know, you gave up multiple ones and two draft picks. You gave up three good players. Say what you will about Drew Luck. Three. Two good players and a guy who, whatever. <laughs> All right, I don't. Want, I'm not here to pick nits right now. Uh, and this is what you got. This is what it availed you. This right here is why this and this are are inextricably connected. Uh, but it's why fans are so just fed up right now. And then the only thing the Broncos really have to hang their hat on offensively at this stage is that Russ, despite that Thursday night game. Uh, He's been pretty stingy with the ball. He's not getting picked off a lot. But look at this. They're dead last in the red zone. They're only two teams worse than the Broncos on third down, Zach. And they have allowed the 27th – well, what's the best way to put it? There's five teams that have allowed more sacks than the Broncos. That's how bad they've been protecting Russell Wilson. And about half of those – and I'm going to serve this back to you, Zach. Probably about half of the sacks Russell Wilson takes are of his own making for what it's worth but just ugly man this is like fireable stuff this is so horrendous it's
1: unconscionable how the broncos can be 20 percent in the red zone if you played madden blindfolded you'd have a higher um shot at getting into the the end zone look at the jets for example chad they are triple what the broncos are the jets the Jets with Zach Wilson are triple in the red zone what the Broncos are. Like I said, they're bad in all the important categories. You can't convert on third down. You can't convert in the red zone. You're giving up a bunch of sacks. You're not averaging enough points per game. It is capital B bad. I thought things were bad when they were averaging 17 under Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. My God, two points less than that? How? Why? Un-
2: unbelievable. Unbelievable. Um, defensively? Look at all this green for your Broncos. They're the third defense, in, third ranked in yards, second in yards per play, fourth in points per game, uh, fifth in passing. 19 sacks ranks them fourth in the league, fourth most. And then they're dead first in red zone defense. They are stingy as all get out. But the Jets, Zach, what they can hang their hat on is they don't give up a lot of yards. And they take the ball away. Seven picks, three fumble recoveries, ten total takeaways, which is why they are plus one.
1: I mean, yeah. I mean, Robert Salah, like I said, does a really good job. That's his expertise, so he coaches up that side of the ball well. They're very disciplined and and technically sound, kind of unlike the Broncos offense. So they're well coached there. They don't have a lot of superstars in the back end. It's the defensive line, the front seven, that really gets after people.
2: There's not that much more to, to really break down other than we can look at the punt return average. Montreal, Washington's still top 10. But look, their guy, uh, Barrios, third in the game, 13 per return. And then um, they're very stingy in allowing yardage on punt returns. They only allow six yards per punt return on average, which puts them in the top 10. And then last thing I want to touch on here, Zach, is uh, both teams – they're, they're good at getting their opponents to commit penalties, all right? But the Broncos, look at this. The most penalized team. Here's another way of saying it. Your Denver Broncos are the most undisciplined, lost at sea, can't find their you-know-what, uh, if someone handed it to them, team in the NFL. I have a worse way of putting
1: it. I looked this up, and I tweeted it after the Chargers game. The Broncos have more penalties than Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, and KJ Hamler have catches combined. It's that bad.
2: It's brutal. It really is. And it's inexplicable. Listen, there's no reason why on God's green earth with this quarterback, you should be dead last in scoring, dead last in the red zone. It defies explanation. There's literally like no excuse for it, which is why, and Hackett knows this, Okay, Hackett knows this is like four alarm, freak out, panic, everybody to the exits. This thing is going to crumble to the earth, but he's locked in. How he manages that pressure, Zach, will be interesting. So far through a three-game losing streak, it doesn't appear that he handles it well at all. But just kind of like what Russell Wilson said before the Chargers game, it's actually still true in that Everything the Broncos wanted going into this season, technically it's still on the table for them. But what doubts I had that they could still reach it going into last week, I mean, that's a fraction of that now in terms of my belief that they could really turn this around. Because when the coaching is that god-awful and you know that the the inmates are running the asylum, so to speak, All right, if you're at Arkham Asylum and Batman World, whatever it is, and scarecrows running things, you got a problem.
1: Look what Justin Simmons said after the game. He goes, I don't know, it starts with leadership. So that's that's pretty glaring that they're not getting enough from the leader of men, in this case, Nathaniel Hackett, and his version of leadership, Hackett's, is to placate the biggest. Uh, Cancer, the most toxic player in the locker room in Melvin Gordon. That's not leadership. That's like you said, Chad, wanting to be everybody's friend and saying, please don't hate me. Please don't be mad at me. Please be cool with me. I don't like people like that in any facet, personally, professionally. It's weak. I don't respect weak. And I guarantee you, at least 80 people in that locker room out of 90 or whatever don't respect Nathaniel Hackett.
2: The best way. To earn respect as an NFL head coach is to, first of all, you got to hold people accountable, and that includes you and your staff, and then get results, those two things. We know the results aren't coming. And then when it comes to the accountability game, uh, Melvin Gordon starting after through a tantrum, did some internet, social media sleuthing. Yeah, uh, that too. All of that stuff, right? And Hackett's doubling down, saying, no, 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 we didn't cut Melvin Gordon. I mean, I expected him to say, yeah, by the time he hit the podium that day, I expected to have read in a uh, breaking news, Mike Cliss, Broncos release, uh, Melvin Gordon. But not only did that not happen, when Hackett took the podium that day, he was like, yeah, no, 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 he's starting. It's like, what, dude? Tone deaf. So wh- what, how does that translate? It's not, you know, we're, It might kind of feel like we're making a mountain out of a molehill here, but how does that translate? How does that come off in the locker room? as Zach just said, the W word, weak, it comes off as you got no spine. We can all completely be in dereliction of our duty. We can behave in ways detrimental to the team. And not only are we not going to get dealt with, but like we're going to keep our jobs. We're going to get praised and the You got a problem. George Payton, dude, why are you not? Why is George Payton not being more strong arm on some of this stuff? I wonder.
1: I think he's letting Hackett kind of feel himself out and uh, either sink or swim on his own volition. I'm not going to call for George Payton to intervene. It's on Nathaniel Hackett being the head coach of the entire team. But putting it another way, Melvin Gordon was out there liking tweets, one of which was mine, saying that he should be traded. And Hackett's response to that was to make him the starter for the next game. How does that make sense at all? It does not. And any sort of respect that players had for Hackett, I feel like is gone now because like you said, Chad, there is no threat to their jobs, to their livelihood, to their production, to what they can do on a given day if you have a coach who's willing to bend and bend and bend and do whatever you want. It's 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 weak. No other word for it.
2: Scott, I want to grab this from 78 Leadhead who's always very uh... – Involved in our conversations live and especially in the comments on YouTube. And then I want to grab unk BZ at 644 and then we'll probably sign off for tonight. Okay. Ledhead says, Russ didn't magically become bad. Why did they get away the Broncos from that short passing game that worked early on? Why do they get so greedy? It's either sack or a deep ball. Really good questions here. This long developing dropbacks and long developing passing plays uh, it just reminds me of the buzzsaw Cam Newton walked into in Super Bowl 50 with those seven step drops that just Von Miller and DeMarcus Ware were like, okay, thanks, sucker. And they just demolished him. He eventually came back a little bit and got some, got his, so to speak, but by then it was too little, too late. Broncos won that handily 24 10. Russell Wilson, Zach, one of the rumors going around is that, no, 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 no. This isn't on Hackett. This is on Russ because. It's Russell Wilson calling the shots on offense. He's the one deciding the plays, the the scheme, the dropbacks, the, all that stuff. Russ is deciding that, and Hackett needs to take back control of this thing, Zach. And you know, take back control of the play calling and and stop let Russ stop letting Russ decide everything. Like many rumors and, and stuff, there's probably a kernel of truth to that in the sense that Russell Wilson does have input. He is a co-author on the offense, but. Nathaniel Hackett, Zach, calls the plays from the sideline, and I'm not seeing much of Russell Wilson audibling at the line of scrimmage. And it's like sometimes you're screaming, audible right here. You can see where the pressure's coming from. And he just snaps the ball and eats a sack. It's like, dude, did you not see they overloaded the right side with three guys that normally aren't standing there? So I think this really um, – it's an equal thing. But I, if I had to err on one side, I would say schematically – Coaches have to step up and do more to help Russell Wilson out because he did not magically uh, become bad.
1: See what you just said there, plural, coaches. And I know a lot of it should and does fall on Hackett, but how about Justin Outen, who's been to me a complete a non-factor, a zero, a waste of space as far as I'm concerned as the Broncos OC. He's just a little too transparent. He said he's been living at his office for the last three weeks, hasn't gone home to see his family. Like that's not a flex. That's not a good thing. That's bad Uh, mental health and a bad work environment. How about Clint Kubiak, the quarterback's coach, the son of Gary? Why isn't he getting any criticism for Russell Wilson regressing? It's not just on Hackett. It's all of the coaches in Denver right now that just can't come up with any sort of solid game plan, and let me tell you why. It's because Hackett, like I mentioned, is trying to copy and paste The Packers offense, and if you put on a Packers game, it relies on the O-line holding up, which the Broncos don't have and won't have this year, and it relies on timing and precision, long-forming plays, nothing of what Russell Wilson did in Seattle. So until they stop trying to bash a round peg in a square hole, they're going to get the same results. It's literally insanity, as Simmons said on Monday.
2: Unk Beezy says, Chad, Zach, what's up? People are laser locked in on Hackett and Russ's shortcomings this season. But, dude, what an absolute waste of a top five defense for, like, the fourth or fifth consecutive season. Well, yeah, of course. But you just – those two things are, are linked, right? When Hackett and Russ suck, all right, and there's a reason why people are laser locked on the fact that Russ and Hackett suck, it's because they're wasting a top five defense. So, yes, I feel you on that, big dog. I mean, the number one stat
1: that proved how good the Broncos defense has been historically the last half decade versus how bad the Broncos offense has been. Von Miller got his first victory against Patrick Mahomes when the Bills beat Kansas City on uh, Sunday. It's just it's been the name of the game in Denver. Since Peyton Manning walked away, and even his last season, the defense had to carry the team, and the offense just does not pull their own weight. They just roll over and die, and that's when the fractures in the locker room began to form. And that's why you see people like Justin Simmons who couldn't have been more frustrated, anger, just done, just completely vexed by the whole thing because he's been here for quite a while now and has seen the offensive failures ineptitude, incompetency over and over and over again while he and his defensive mates are going out there and keeping the Broncos in every single game.
2: Dude, it's crazy because remember the conversations we had this summer when the Broncos started doing some media training camp was upon us and there was that one sit down where a questioner off camera would field a question to Russell Wilson and Justin Simmons in the same room. And Justin Simmons was, like, sitting at the feet of Russell Wilson and just, like, lapping up everything he said and, like, how everything's going to be different this time. And I know I've said that before, but, man. And now he must feel quite foolish for saying a lot of things that he did just because, and I don't blame him for saying I'm not saying he was wrong, okay? I probably would have done the exact same thing. But it turns out, you know, Russell Wilson is human, and he needs, um, I don't know. I think there is something to the notion here, Zach, that, Russ needs to kind of be told what to do a little bit more here. Like, look, here's the things you like. Okay, cool. We'll try to work that in where we can. But, like, here's what we know works. Here's what we know is going to work for based on our personnel, the losses that we've sustained on the personnel side, our weaknesses on personnel. Russ, it's time for you to just, like, show up. Here's the play call. Execute it. Like, maybe there is something to that.
1: The problem is, though, Hackett is way too much of a player's coach and wanting to be everybody's friend instead of actually being the head coach who makes the decisions. He takes his cues from everybody else, Chad, everyone around him. It's the reason, I guess, he hired a coach for the coaches. He hired all these different positions and all these different things because he didn't want to do it. It's like a parent who'd rather be their child's friend than actually be their parent. You have to step in and put your foot down or else you get no respect. And look what's happening.
2: Dude, imagine, Zach, when you interview for a job in, in your past, okay? You interview and you're, like, really wanting to get this job, all right? And when you're sitting down to interview and they're like, all right, pitch us on, on why we should pick you for this gig. And you're like, listen, I'm going to be so good at my job that I'm going to hire someone to teach me how to do my job <laughs> on your dime. Sound good? And you're like, oh, okay, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Hired. Rubber stamp. Boom, base case. What's up, dude? Great to see you. He says, losing Mike Munchak, that was the Broncos' former offensive line coach, hurt us big time. Butch Berry, the new O-line coach, got to go. Not one single lineman has improved under him. I would say one, I, I would, I'm would. i not trying to pick nits, base case, but Quinn Miners looked damn good in that game in a losing effort. Quinn Miners looked good last week. Yeah,
1: um, I don't think the transition from Munchak's scheme to the wide zone scheme under Barry has you know, proven much success tangibly, but I just don't think the players are good enough, quite frankly. Reisner was getting pushed around last year. Barry has been a bottom five center the last couple seasons, and I've tried to delude myself into thinking otherwise. The Broncos haven't had a right tackle for how long now? So it's been Garrett Bowles and a bunch of four mid-offensive linemen, so I don't really... If it's a Butch Berry or Howard Mudd coming in, is it really going to matter when the players aren't good enough? I don't think they are.
2: Joe Mama, what's up, bro? Wouldn't be surprised if the offense is booed on the first drive. Well, I'll tell you what, if they go three and out or punt on that drive or fail to get a touchdown, I can guarantee you they will be booed. Broncos fans are at the end of their rope on this stuff, dude. I mean, the last – the preceding six years were bad enough. The ignominy involved in being a Broncos fan the past six years, that was bad enough. But this is beyond the pale. You sold us a nine-time Pro Bowl quarterback. You sold us this brainchild of Aaron Rodgers and how we are going to – it was going to be different. And it's actually worse. Where do you get off, Bronco brain trust? Where do you get off? Fans – look, all of the – you know uh what would you call it the the, the, the class the uh, who they're Broncos fans don't give a flying rip about that stuff anymore look we're paying damn good money to come to these games we're paying damn good money to park in the tailgate we're paying damn good money to spend 15 bucks on how much was that Scott what we got the uh the pretzels like 15 bucks a pretzel and this is what we get no more if you punt on your first drive because you went three and out you're getting booed You don't like it, execute, boys and girls. It's like a defense that complains
1: about an offense. If you don't like it, stop them. That's basically the Broncos' offense. If you don't want the fans to boo or count down the play clock, how sad is that, then just be better on offense. It's really as simple as that, but – They're just not. So I don't blame Broncos country for how – and that's why all all of the positivity I'm seeing tonight, Chad, I don't blame anyone who feels the opposite. They're putting in their hard-earned time. They could be doing anything else on a Sunday afternoon. Their money, their energy, the season ticket holders. I mean, and it's not just this year. It's been the last six seasons over and over and over again. And just when you think, it's different now. New head coach, new quarterback. The rug is yanked out once again under the fans' feet. So anyone in Broncos country who's down on the team right now, anyone who boos loudly on Sunday, I do not blame you.
2: Not at all. Ben Wallman, trade Alberto, trade Gordon, trade Dalton Reisner, and get us some picks for next year. Who wants any – Alberto's the only one that might still have, like, some legit trade value. Who wants Melvin Gordon? You can't even trust him, dude. As a runner, he's still got something there, but you can't trust him. And then he ends up being a problem off the field stuff, crying in the media, you know, social media antics. And then Dalton Reisner, I love the dude. All right, seriously, like as far as a dude goes, hey, not too many more stand up type guys than Dalton Reisner. I love how he speaks. I'll never forget Zach when we were at the combine and he comes walking in and you got a room full of eight podiums that are up. And he comes up, and he gets to the podium. He doesn't wait for me to start asking questions. He gets to that mic, and he says, Dalton Reisner, offensive tackle, Kansas State. And people are like, whoa, what? No one's used to someone just, like, taking charge. You want a guy that is a take-the-bull-by-the-horns type? That's Dalton Reisner. But guess what? He sucks at playing football, at least in the league.
1: (laughs) I like it. I like the spicy. Oh, it's pretty ta spicy take there. How about Chad? I'll I'll throw you one out, okay? Because I've seen this debate on Twitter. Do you trade Bradley Chubb? If no. you're a seller at the deadline, I know you know my first inclination is to not either and let you know get the comp pick when he walks in free agency. But if you get a second form, would you do it? <clears throat> My thoughts exactly. I'm conflicted. Jerry Judy's another one, by the way, you can put on the trade block. We'd have to have
2: concerned. one of those organizational where the bear poopoo's in the woods type of meetings and deciding what are we this year. Do, are we still burning, the keeping the flame alive that we can turn the ship around? Because if the answer to that is no, if we're facing facts that this is going to be ugly all year and we're just charging this season to Russ and Hackett getting on the same page, then yeah, trade him. Trade him. But if you really do think you have a chance to turn this around, if there's any hope of that uh, on the horizon, then you can't trade Bradley Chubb. So, I, for me, it's a little early to say to answer that one definitively. You you saw what my gut reaction was, which was no, because he's playing so well. You know, I'm not used to Bradley Chubb playing well out of the gates. Like he's, well, he's healthy. Know, it's like whispering past the graveyard. So maybe you're right. Maybe we should trade him because we know that this this isn't isn't destined to last. Jeff, where's Outen gonna? Uh, go since he can sleep where's out and gonna go since he can sleep at home where's he gonna go when broncos kick him out Justin, out then <laughs> nice that's like uh uh 22 jump street julia rob hurts you remember that have you ever seen that it's funny dude check it out jonah hill
1: Yeah, I mean, the Broncos hired one guy who had really nothing to do with the Packers' success in Hackett, and they doubled down by bringing Hackett's buddy, Justin Nowton, along. He does nothing, as far as I'm concerned. Maybe if Hackett allowed him to call plays for like a quarter or a half or a game or whatever— Maybe we'll see something different, but I don't really care about uh, his remarks out. and He's really rubbing the wrong way. He said a couple weeks ago, if we had a time machine, we'd go back and do it differently. Now he's saying he sleeps in his office. No one cares, bro. When the Broncos are losing three straight, you can't get into the end zone. No one's going to feel bad for you. Go home, get some sleep. Maybe the Broncos offense will be better.
2: Yes. Cry us a river, my friend. Ben Wallman, uh, Wilson doesn't listen to Clint Kubiak, his quarterback's coach. He has his own position coach, which is true. This is a thing, uh, a personal coach. Oh, Jay Heaps, yeah. Hackett does nothing about it. Hackett is a beta. Mm-hmm. Well, Heaps isn't on the field for practice, like the actual practice stuff the team's doing. That's working with Wilson off the field. And you got a point, Ben, in terms of questioning, I wonder how much, you know, it's like uh, the old biblical term, no man can serve two masters, too many cooks ruin the broth. You know, where's the messaging come from? Who is Wilson listening to technique wise quarterback, you know, uh, between the years stuff wise. It's a fair concern though, Ben, I, I'm, I don't take that away from you.
1: Yeah, I definitely, in my quarterback, my head coach, my, my leaders of my team, I want alpha. If you watch Brian Dayball, for example, rookie head coach on the sidelines, he is an alpha. He has the, uh, the respect and the command of the entire team. Hackett is pretty much the cool parent who let the kids do whatever they want and they never enforce their way. And you're seeing what's happening now. The Melvin Gordon saga is the epitome of beta from Nathaniel Hackett.
2: All right, last one for tonight. And it's from one of our great community mavens, Savage Boy Kev on Twitch. He says, do you guys think that some of the O-line's struggles are because Russ holds onto the ball too long or him not calling out protections pre-snap? Both. They're both. I know for a fact, all right, I'm not a football uh, uh, expert, all right? I'm no Nathaniel Hackett over here. But I can promise you, I can tell you, Russ is missing things pre-snap. He's not sliding his protections the way that he ought to be. I don't know if that's a coaching, lack of emphasis on the coaching side or if that's just him not seeing things. I mean, I'm a little bit more inclined on this one, Zach, to kind of say, well, if he's not seeing the field uh, as far as the progressions go and who's open, who's not, and all this, how can we trust that he's also seeing where the pressures are coming from? But back to uh, Kev here who says, is the O-line struggling because Russ is holding on to the ball or him not calling out protections? Answer here is yes.
1: It's also the fact I just don't think the offensive line is good enough. When you're a center like Cushenberry, you're supposed to be powerful at that spot. You're getting dominated every single down, ending up on your back. Same for Reisner, same for Cameron Fleming, Calvin Anderson. They're just not good enough. And you add into that Russell Wilson, apparently needing LASIK surgery for his eyes. It's not a good combination. It's everyone involved in this
2: calamity. Zach, this is what I've been resigned to. All right. I, I see this comment, and I think of a Michael Scott joke right now. You know what I'm saying? He says, on a good note, I love watching the D work. Amen, Shane. Amen. Michael Scott joke. You guys get it? Okay, Zach, let's say goodnight that's
1: that's what she said anyway that was the mhh pod follow us on twitter at the mhh pod you can follow the main account on twitter at mile high huddle chad at chad and jensen myself at kelberman nfl and scott our producer at scout kennedy if you guys want some merch like we showed off earlier like you see chad or i wear and go to huddleuppod.com and get your merch on and also don't forget about facebook.com slash mile pod like that page and follow that page. Guys, if you haven't, go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win some of that sweet, sweet merch Like you see that gentleman rocking above. Uh, If you can't do anything, though, please do these three things as you see ticking below you. Sub, like, and share this video that you're watching and every video you watch on the MHH channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you.
2: Shout out to these great... Super chat superstars tonight, starting with the Duchess. Michaela, we love you. We appreciate you so much. She threw down like a boss tonight, and we love you. Plumb Bob, Adan, Based Gase, Joe Mama, Jeff C., and our great star supporters on Facebook. It's being a little bit slow. Bear with me just one second. Shout-out to Ben Wallman, you man. Andrew Lamp, you man. Big T. Weber phil mclaughlin andrew baker george fox dave glassman you're all the man appreciate you love you we'll see you for the gut reaction
1: have a great weekend guys take care and as always
0: go broncos head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things broncos